Welcome to the Dynamic Leaders Podcast, the show that talks culture and leadership in sports with some of the most compelling coaches, athletes, and business people in the world. I am your host, Colin Sermelia, and thank you for joining us today. Be sure to check out the show notes for any additional information you want to know about this episode, and you can also find my contact information if you'd like to say hi. If you aren't driving or in the middle of a run, please consider taking a minute and leaving us a review of the show on Apple Podcasts. This is the best way to help other folks find the show. And if you're feeling extra generous, hit share on this episode and post it to your social media handles. Thank you, as always, for all of the support. Don't forget, if you haven't already, to check out my Amazon best-selling book, Culture of Excellence, What We Can Learn from the Yankees About Leadership. This book is a fun and informative read that is filled with impactful stories that will become value adds to your life. I'm a little biased, but seriously, it's a transformative book. You can find that, training notebooks, swag, and information on the Leadership Academy workshop and trainings all in the show notes or go to talent409.com. Okay, I am here today with Alyssa Osterdock, and Alyssa is a sports director and anchor, former Cameron Aggies softball player. Alyssa, I am always so interested when I talk to people specifically in your industry because of the responsibility that you have. You know, I think about the old adage where you only know what you know. And for the longest time, you know, pre-internet, pre-social media, the news was mainly responsible for how we got our information. And it still plays a large part in how we get our information today. But I'd love to start the conversation and get your feelings about, you know, what, what do you think is the main responsibility that you have to your viewership, to your readership in terms of how you report your news and obviously we're talking sports news here we're, we're not talking um you know maybe some of the the bigger things that are happening in the world but um you know i'd love to get your perspective on how you go about that responsibility so basically you know we cover 20 plus high schools and then midwestern state university that's here and then we have vernon college just down the road and then cameron university where i went you know just up the road Lawton. and so um, especially being just like a one, one person sports department. Um, I kind of have to manage my time as to which ones I can get to, which games I can get to, who I can cover. And on top of that, you know, coming up with story ideas for, you know, like feel good stories or just anything interesting that's going on in the sports world. Um, that's kind of up to me, uh, deciding whether or not I want to do this or where I want to go. Um, when it's football season in the spring or in the fall, excuse me, um, we do a show called The Blitz, called The Blitz on Six. And during our 10 p.m. newscast, uh, there's only 15 minutes of news. And then from then on, there's uh, 25 minutes of football called The Blitz. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I miss it. I'm enjoying the spring sports and everything. But that is pretty much the only sport that we kind of have to, not really have to, but we mainly focus on getting to every single game. Um, on Fridays, I get five or six people from the station, usually photographers, other reporters that go out and shoot for me. Um, so that's mainly when I get the most help. Uh, other than that, um, basketball season, baseball, softball, uh, it's kind of on me uh, to get the rest of all the sports. And so uh, I guess it's really just important to me to kind of make sure that people understand, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, are you going to this game? Are you going to that game? But uh, 
you know, when there's only one of me and I have to be back for the 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. newscast, I, uh, it's kind of tough sometimes because I don't want to seem like I'm favoring any schools, any of the local schools. But at the same time, you know, whenever I've got a school 15 minutes down the road that's ranked in the top 25 in boys basketball and they're 15 minutes down the road, you know, it's, I, they're going to be on the top priority list to get down the road to get to that game. Yeah. And so, uh, and uh, it's not that other schools aren't important. It's just that whenever our farthest viewing team is an hour and a half away, you know, I can't go to their five o'clock game and be back for the six o'clock news and have highlights. It's just not going to happen. And so, uh, yeah, what you said about social media, you know, that's one thing that I do like to touch on is I really like the social media aspect when it comes to, you know, sports, news, everything like that, because not only is it important to get all your information, you know, from as many sources as possible, but, you know, when it comes to these student athletes, I feel like it helps them out a lot too, because if you haven't noticed, you know, the pandemic's kind of rocked the world of sports. And whenever I was being recruited back in 2013, 14, you know, we were able to go to all these recruiting trips, camps, you know, showcases, we could meet with coaches face-to-face you know, that's not allowed right now, especially with the NCAA Division One recruiting hold right now. You know, they can't do face-to-face anything, and that's been extended now to May. And so these kids are, these athletes are able to use their platforms on social media to put themselves out there, you know, to put their highlight videos, to get anything out there that they can to get these coaches, catch these coaches' eyes, which, you know, it's never the same on the internet as it is in person, but, you know, you got to work with what you can. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love, you know, I think one of the things that you made clear is you know, how important it is. You're, you're reporting the local sports news. You know, you're not, you're not really in some cases, maybe, you know, like you were talking about with NCAA eligibility that affects obviously your, your local sports at division one level, for example, but um, you know, you're, you're really focused on those local sports. And I think that there, you know, we, we see this all the time with like, businesses, uh, brick and mortar businesses, or like the Walmarts, the superstores taking over all the mom and pop uh, type of businesses and everything. And um, I just think it's, it's got to be cool in a lot of senses to be, um, you know, so focused on that local community and be able to build your relationships that way versus having to have your hands in so many different areas of the, of the country, because it's such, is such a big country that it would be really difficult, especially as one person, I feel like to, to be able to cover all that ground. <laughs> Oh, and definitely. That's one of my favorite things about being at a local station is because I came from a small 3A, class 3A school in Oklahoma called Henrietta, Oklahoma. And it's home of Troy Aikman, by the way, if you know who that is. But anyways, <laughs> um, you know, I, we had maybe five or 6,000 people in my town. And to some, that's a lot. To some, that's not many at all. But, you know, to me, it's, it's home, it's community. And I like to bring things that I learned and everything that I took from there here, because whenever I'm around schools here that, are, you know, the smaller schools or don't have as many people or, you know, things of that nature. It almost hits home to me uh, because a lot of people that are in this industry came from a big giant school and then went to, you know, a big giant division one school. I graduated from a division two school and, uh, you know, I came from a smaller school. So I've always been kind of in the smaller uh, aspect of, I guess, population. I don't know how to, how to even word that, but, you know, So whenever I see these teams that have the type of community interaction and community bonds that I, it it hits home to me because that's what I was used to growing up. And, you know, those relationships, you know, you always see 
uh, like for banks, for example, you know, the bigger the bank, the smaller the customer or whatever. So that's kind of how <laughs> I feel it is whenever you're at like these big giant schools. Uh, another a school that was near mine, uh, biggest school in Oklahoma, Broken Arrow. I knew a lot of people growing up. I played with a lot of girls that went to Broken Arrow High School and um, you know, they would say, I see a new face every single day. I don't know half the people that I see walking down the hallway and I'm sitting there thinking, I know every single person at my high school and their cousin and their mom and dad. And I know when their dog was born, like I just, you know, the, the small community, not that big communities can't have, you know, the bond and everything, but just that that's just my own home, I guess that's my own take from it. And so whenever I can see that here, it's just so special. And that's another reason that I like pulling those stories out that I can do. Uh, like yesterday, I shot a story at Holiday High School with uh, the man who runs the clock at the football games and stuff. Cause you know, I told him, I said, I can remember, you know, being at my high school football games or basketball games, the people that were running the clock that were, you know, working the concession, the concession stand that were out there bringing their own cooker or bringing their own grill and cooking stuff at the football games. That was people in the community. That's just, they love the school. They love the people they've been around for 20 something years. They're retired coaches, you know, those types of bonds that they get to see, you know, with not only the students, the other people with each other, you know, they get to, watch these students grow from, you know, a lot of them watched me grow from when I was barely walking to they're still there now. And, you know, so it's like <laughs> building those relationships. I think that's really cool. And so that's one thing that I do like to see here in the smaller places and try to touch on that a little bit is the community aspect of it, I guess. And that my, my station does an excellent job, excellent job at in like sports news, everything, an excellent job um, on being really community built and, uh, being really involved, you know, sports, weather, news, all, 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 all of our departments, sales. It's just, that's one thing I'm very proud of to say about my station. Yeah. I think that's also cool and reminds me a lot of my childhood. I think I grew up in a town that was a little bit bigger than yours, but still not you know huge. And there was a lot of that same community closeness and those type of things that you were talking about happening. And it, it is, I, I think something that's makes the town that you grow up in special unique in some way so i think it's really cool that you ha that had that experience excuse me and on the topic of relationships i'd like to expand on that a little bit more and ask you so from a professional perspective in order for you to do your job i think most effectively to get you know, some of the finer details about a team that you're reporting on or a situation that you're reporting on you have to develop bonds closer bonds with coaches with stakeholders in in general um how do you go about you know finding the right people to build those relationships with so that you can be effective in your job well one thing about me is i've never been afraid to you know talk and so um <laughs> like whenever i was in college and i you know 17 years old stepped on campus my freshman year you know they tell you to pick a major and i had no clue and so i did what the rest of the athletes were doing i picked sports and exercise science and uh i did my first semester and couldn't do any of it because the sciences were too tough and i did not know any of the math and so um <laughs> i was you know i remember stressing out to my mom and dad saying you know i don't know what to do like i can't, i don't i don't i'm not happy in this department and they said well you're good at talking so maybe you should do something in talking and so i switched over to communication and that kind of just puts the builds the foundation as to what I'm, my point that i'm making i whenever I took the sports director job, um, I remember getting some advice from somebody that said, you know, whenever you build relationships with these coaches, you know, 
take a book, get a piece of paper and, you know, write down something about this coach that you want to remember that way. Next time you call them, you can say, Hey, you know, is your wife still teaching science? You know, how's little Joe Bob doing and football? You know what I mean? Just things like that. But, you know, one thing about me is even when I was, whenever I was reporting news, I would always interview people and they would always tell me, you know, thank you for talking to me. They say so many news reporters or so many journalists that speak with us, you know, they get their information, whatever they needed to do their story, the bare minimum, whatever. And then they just leave. They said, you know, hardly ever do we have somebody that actually, cause I'll stick around and talk about whatever I'll get there early and we'll be 10 minutes late starting the interview. Cause we'll be just chatting about something else. And, uh, you know, I've been told so many times by interviews uh, you know, I've never had a reporter stick around and actually talk and care about things and remember things. And so, and the, I brought up the book for, a, you know, a reason he, he had told me, you know, uh, make a binder with every coach and, you know, get some type of information, put it in there. That way, when you call them, you can ask them this personal question. And I've come to realize I don't even need that because I ask people so many questions and I pay so much attention and I, you know, care so much about what people say that it's like, it just sticks with me. And so, uh, I can remember my first week as a sports director, we started, I started filming uh, football preseason previews during their summer training camps. And one of the first places that I went was Henrietta, Texas, which it was kind of funny because it kind of almost hit home because I'm from Henrietta, Oklahoma, and both schools are black and gold. Both schools are the, about the same size. And so uh, we had a lot of fun out there and their head coach, Coach Johnson, uh, he was kind of, he was kind of the first coach that I really got to build a relationship and like a bond with. And uh, people from that school, I ended up emceeing for a, uh, a little women's football event there. They, the, it was a great thing. The football coaches got together and put together this like little class on football, what it is for, pe- for women who might not understand moms, sisters, you know, none of those kids should be married, but wives, anything like that, you know, any female in that wanted to come learn about football. So it's called Helmets and Heels. And I came and emceed that. And I met a lot of great people in that community. And a lot of people that I'm friends with now on Facebook that I love seeing their kids pictures. And, you know, I, 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 the last thing I want is to be remembered as somebody who was just strictly business. And I think that's why community relationships are such a big thing to me, because I don't, I want somebody to see me outside of work and feel like they can come up and talk to me. Not, I don't want them to think, Oh God, it's the girl on the news, you know, stay like she's hateful or be intimidated, which I don't know why anybody would be, but you know, that TV can put off that type of, um, put off that type of vibe, I guess, if you don't really know any better, but like I said, I want to always be the person that people see out in public and they feel like they can come up and talk to me and, you know, people can interact with me on social media and know that I'm, you know, we're all human and I want, I want to have relationships with everybody. And so that's one thing that I do love about Texoma and with my station is like, once again, I repeated my station is so good about community. And I think that's, that's really helped me expand in my uh, community bond because my station's so good at it. I feel like they understand whenever I run all these community stories and I do all this community stuff and uh, our evening anchors and our weather people, you know, they're always doing things like that too, you know, seeing events or going and speaking to classes. And I'm going to go speak with holiday middle schools, uh, media tech class um, here in a couple of weeks. And so it's just things like that. Like I said, I just want to build that type of community uh, bond to where it's like, I love it. Sorry to interrupt, but I want to help you get fit. 
Christine here from Sweat With Sods. Being at home has a lot of people in a rut with their workouts, but you don't have to be. My HIT at home workouts require no equipment and can be done in 30 minutes or less. And if HIT isn't for you, I also design custom programs that can be done virtually, in person, or a combination of both. I put my years of experience teaching classes and personal training into all of my programs. I've worked with lots of people and helped them achieve very different goals. So what are you waiting for? Head to sweatwithstods.com today. And don't forget that as a listener to this podcast, you can get a discount with code DYNAMIC at checkout. Can't wait to hear from you. And now, back to the show. Yeah, I mean, I, you could definitely tell how passionate you are. And it's it's really great to to hear and to see it on your face. Obviously, the listeners won't be able to see your face when, when they're listening to this, but I'll tell them that that you can see it. And <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, you don't always get that, not just in your profession, but in any type of profession. You get people who are just kind of there doing the job. And so it is really cool to see someone who's so passionate and cares so much about, about others, about building those, those relationships and being a part of the community. I mean, that's all such an integral part of what you do. And I can imagine it some days it's probably a grind and it is probably a little bit more difficult than we've talked about so far, but um, it is really cool to see the passion come out of this conversation so far. And Yeah. And with that, I want to switch gears a little bit. You've mentioned your past softball career, and I have some notes here in front of me that you were a multiple all-state and county selection in high school um, before playing at the Division II level, as we mentioned earlier. I'm always curious if there's like an it moment for athletes that get to play at that next level. And if there was a moment where they said like, okay, if I turn it on, if I continue to do this, I'm going to be able to maybe pay for my education and continue to play the game that I love. Is there a moment that stands out for you that you were like, oh yeah, I have it. I can move on. Well, whenever I was little, (laughs) I started playing T-ball whenever I was I think six years old and my parents love to tease me about this story. So I was playing T-ball in Henrietta, Oklahoma. And I guess apparently I don't remember because I was so little, but I ended up quitting after the first practice because I told my mom the practices take too long. And so they were like, Nope, she's not going to be an athlete. <laughs> and, um, it wasn't about two years later, maybe, um, uh, my childhood, friends and I decided that we were going to play softball again. And then my friend, uh, Allie Taylor, she used to be Allie Flannery. Um, her dad, uh, and a few of the other dads, you know, came together and built a softball team and we, her dad had a field at their house. And so we were called the Henrietta Dynamites and we played together all up into through high school, um, with school ball and, you know, made it to the state tournament every single year and fast pitch and slow pitch, you know, made state championships, state finals. We were, um, very competitive. And we all knew that, you know, that was our sport. I liked my, both my parents played basketball. My, I, I was supposed to be a basketball baby. <laughs> and so, uh, but then whenever we realized at a young age that I was going to, if I was going to make it any sport, it was going to be softball. And so uh, whenever I was in middle school, I ended up stopped. I stopped playing basketball. I stopped running track. I stopped doing other sports and there's no really reason behind that other than I had watched six of my teammates or six of my friends on the basketball team tear their ACL within a couple of years and so you know to me I'm not like I I definitely push multi-sport athletes but I just we just knew that for me it was the best decision because I wasn't I wasn't an all-star in any other sport and I did not want to risk losing my scholarship 
for softball, any scholarship opportunities. So I ended up just not playing. I wasn't real passionate about basketball like I was softball. And so honestly, I think that might be what helped push me over the edge is knowing that I was so dedicated to it and that it really was my entire life. I've been known my whole life as a softball girl. And uh, so I guess really just knowing that I've been so passionate about, about it since I was little. And we knew that that was the only sport that I was going to actually do something in. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what was the deciding factor for us. But so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And I'm curious, we just talked about you know, maybe some of the differentiating factors of your professional career and why you're successful. And some of that is the passion. And, and as a result of that, the extra mile that you go for your work. And so I'd love to flip this now onto the softball side, because it seems like you were just as passionate about softball and wanting to get better and wanting to stand out and earn that scholarship. What were some of those aspects, some of those drills, some of the things that you were doing as an athlete to make sure that you were able to earn that scholarship that you eventually got? You know, I taking the professional and the softball side of it, uh, you know, I've always pretty much had to work hard when it comes to softball. You know, my, my family wasn't the type that just expected me to have a starting spot. You know, it was always, you know, if you don't, if you want to play, you, you better be good. You better be better than the next person. Right. And so, and on top of that, I was raised by, you know, a drill sergeant. And so I've never really been one that's been super soft when it comes to hard work and things like that. And so uh, I guess really just, I don't know, growing up, repeat the question a little bit. I just kind of lost my train of thought. No, no, that's, that's okay. We're just trying to get some insight into what, what was the work that you were putting in that kind of separated you from the pack and made it so that made it so that you were able to earn the scholarship eventually. So I've always been uh, pretty much softball has been my entire life and sports have been my entire life clearly. And, you know, not that I wasn't smart in school because I mean, I did all right, but I, especially in college, I kind of struggled a little bit. It was, school was harder for me than it was for everybody else. And so I honestly believe that if you're a good student, you can graduate. And so that's kind of what pushed me to work hard is that I knew that I would get to school and I had the, you know, work ethic to get things done. And so whenever I was younger, uh, I was always the one, you know, there, me and my teammates were always working hard and stuff, but I was always, you know, the one that was up there, no matter what, up at the softball field working out, you know, and not saying that other girls weren't, you know, two of my other friends that went and played college ball were always up there with me. But uh, just me personally, I was always the one that everybody knew was strictly softball. And so I was known as a softball girl, everybody just, that's always been my uh, personality, I guess, is just softball. And so whenever I knew that I wanted to play. I just, like I said, I had stopped playing other sports. And like I said, I'm like, I'm going to repeat myself. Now I'm not saying that you shouldn't be a multi-sport athlete, but it was the best thing for me. And uh, so whenever I got to college, you know, I've always, I was always the player that was kind of the, not the crazy one, but I guess I had the most energy. I was always the one jumping up and down. There's so many pictures and videos of me jumping up and down, like swinging my bat in a complete windmill when the person in front of me hits a home run. And everybody was like, stay away from Melissa when somebody hits a home run because there's no telling what's going to come flying off of her, or what she's going to come around whacking somebody. I just, I don't know. I was always the first one, you know, jumping up and down, knocking people over. And even on the field, you know, uh, I was always the one, if my pitcher threw, threw a good pitch or did something wild, I was, 10 feet high in the air, jumping up and down. I don't know. It's just the energy that I would always bring to the field. 
uh, I've always kind of carried that with me and I kind of carry it over into my professional career too. And I think that's one thing that kind of keeps me driven is uh, not only the passion, but the energy because, uh, you know, not only have sports been my entire life, but sports are a lot of people's lives. And I hate the idea that people have that, you know, it's just a sport. It's just whatever, you know, or people, you know, don't want to take anything. If you don't want to take it serious, because not only am I in sports, which some people think, you know, sports shouldn't be your life. I'm also a female in sports in a very dominated, very male dominated uh, field. And so whenever I like to get it out there as much as I can, you know, the sports are not only just an activity for people to do, you know, for a lot of just for example, for a lot of kids in middle school, that's the only reason they go to school so they can go to football practice after, you know, it was, it's not, I'm not saying it's the only reason that I went to college, but it sure did help. And so, you know, it helped push me, it helped, it teaches you a lot of things. And so, uh, you know, I don't want to go off on that basic, you know, it teaches you teammate or uh, leadership and how to (laughs) work with others because it really does. And, you know, people say that for a reason. And so I guess, yeah, that's just, that's where I stand with that. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I love it all. And I love the energy. I love the work ethic, everything that you talked about. And even some of those aspects that you learned, you know, like, like you said, the leadership, the teamwork and everything that you can get out of sports. I mean, those were some of the, the questions that I had and you just answered them, you know, right, right within all that <laughs> statement. So I want to ask you, cause you've said it multiple times now, softball girl. I mean, do you consider yourself like to this day to have that identity or was that something that you know, once you stopped playing softball, you had to kind of deal with and, and try to transition into, you know, a, a different version of Alyssa. <laughs> well, I have all, like I said, always been known as a softball girl. Um, and so whenever I got to, whenever I graduated high school, a lot of people are excited to graduate and leave high school. I was not because, you know, softball was my entire life and we were, we were always, we were good in softball. And so, like I said, multiple state tournament appearances every single year. Um, and so whenever I graduated, I was, I was upset to be leaving my high school softball team. I was, it crushed me. And, um, it was, I knew that I still had four years to play at the NCAA level. And so I was super excited for that, you know, got there, you know, worked my tail off there, earned my, earned a couple of degrees. And so whenever softball ended in college, you know, I feel honestly, like I got to close the book, not how I wanted, because, you know, obviously the way the ideal way would have been to win a national championship, but my senior year, uh, May of 2019, we made the NCAA uh, Super Regionals, and it was the first time in school history. So, you know, not only did I get to experience that with some of my best friends, uh, you know, I got to finish out my softball career knowing that, you know, we made we made history. You know, we defy, went against all odds. We beat Texas A&M Commerce, who's a very, very, very tough team, you know, every year, all four years of my college experience, you know, tough team to beat. And we ended up beating them at their own place out uh in the NCAA regional tournament. And so, you know, we made, got to go down to Kingsville, down to the, down to the beach, Texas A&M Kingsville and play in the NCAA super regionals for the first time in school history, you know, my senior year. So, you know, we're kind of remembered as that group, uh, not only my senior year, not only my senior teammates, but, you know, the girls that were juniors at that time were pretty much the base of that team. And on top of that, we had a lot of important freshmen who are, it was amazing to see them as freshmen and it's great to getting to see them grow now. And so, uh, you know, especially those juniors that I was talking about, they, they were COVID seniors. So they're actually getting, you know, another year of eligibility and they're playing right now. And so, yeah, that was one thing that was really tough for me was the transition. That was probably the toughest thing 
And it's crazy to say that that's the toughest thing that I've been through in my entire life, that I'm honestly <laughs> blessed to be able to say that because there's so many worst things that go on in this world. But that was probably the toughest thing I've ever been through was having to transition from softball Alyssa to adult job Alyssa. And so <laughs> whenever, yeah, I, I knew what I wanted to do. Um, I actually was an intern at KSWO channel seven. It's the ABC affiliate in Lawton, Oklahoma. I interned with them in college. And so they are sister stations with KAUZ channel six in Wichita falls. And so I knew the news director and the assistant news director, and I knew the sports people there. And a lot of people at channel seven were Cameron university graduates, uh, Cameron, you know, where I graduated from, they have a very, very, very good, uh, TV department. And so, you know, I don't know if it's, this still stands, but whenever I was in school, you know, we had the only led lit uh, TV studio in Oklahoma, you know, over OU, over Oklahoma state, over Tulsa, you know, we had, you know, the top one. So I was very proud to be able to come from that. And I knew that my, I didn't know where my TV career was going to take me. And so whenever I did transition, it did help me to go from sports to my real job because I knew that I was going to want to end up in sports one day, but, you know, I started out in October of 2019 as a news reporter. And so um, some things got shifted, you know, COVID happened. The, our old sports director, Brian Stroll, um, he moved to morning anchor. And so then I was switched over to sports and I knew that, like I said, I knew that I wanted to end up in sports, but I did not know it was going to happen that soon. And so that's one thing that kind of helped not really light a fire under me because I've always kind of had that fire, but it just made it even easier to start the grind. You know, I usually go in from about two to 11 PM and cause I do the six and 10 PM sports cast in the news. Um, you know, I'm up at a lot of times early in the morning, you know, doing things and like, especially whenever I'm shooting the training camps for football teams in the summer, they're doing practice at 6am. So especially the schools that are an hour away or so, you know, I'm waking up at 4am going out there shooting that stuff, filming it, loving every second of it. I don't, I don't feel like I ever work whenever I'm doing things like that. And so, you know, I'm out there waking up that early and going to bed and getting a couple hours of sleep, but I don't even mind it because you know, that's what, I guess I'm just trying to say that's what helped drive is I knew that I was going to love what I was doing. And it's one thing that I'm kind of been good at, you know, building those relationships, building those bonds. Uh, I've always been a people person. I don't like being, I don't like being like by myself. And so, <laughs> I mean, it's not that I can't be by myself. It's just, I would prefer the company of people because I just, I like the interaction. I like, you know, talking clearly. And so uh, that's one thing that kind of drove me is knowing that I was going to enjoy it so much. Yeah, I love it. I love it. The passion just, again, screams through the screens here right now. Like it's it's so good. So I really appreciate it. I appreciate the honesty and the transparency. And I'd like to end the conversation. You had mentioned it a little bit earlier in our talk today. And I know it's probably something that you think about quite often, but being a female in a male dominated industry. And I just would love to hear quickly on not, not just like your perspective on it, but you know, what are, what are some tips you have to fellow females who are trying to enter into this industry, want to break through, like what, what are some things they can do to, um, you know, get into a position like you have and, and to love their work the way that you do? Well, you know, I, it sounds kind of cliche, but you know, following your dreams, really does help. And so uh, it's kind of funny whenever I was little, I was four or so maybe my parents have a video on one of the old, you know, do you remember the big giant VCR cameras that were uh, of course, from like, yeah. the stone, <laughs> like the stone age? Um, we ended up getting some of those 
and we were able to watch them. We ended up getting a new camera not long ago, so we could watch those. You know, you have to rewind them. And we ended up finding some videos of me whenever I was about four years old. And I would make my parents sit on the couch and I would draw them like a weather forecast or a news forecast. And I would stand up there at four years old and I would tell them what the weather was going to be like in Jupiter. And so um, it's something that I've always knew was part of me. I knew that I wanted to do it at a young age. Um, and it's kind of cool. I'm probably one of the only people that I know, and I know there's lots of other people that can say this, but me personally, I'm one of the only people that I know that can say, you know, I followed my dream from when I was little and I literally have wanted to do this since I was a child. And so whenever, um, whenever I was growing up, I just knew that if I continued working towards this, uh, you know, hopefully it would come true one day. And I looked up to a lot of people, you know, watching the women's college world series every year, Holly Rowe, Michelle Smith, like all these people that I look up to, um, they were a lot of motivation for me. And so I guess really one thing is, you know, the good thing about this time right now is I feel like it is becoming a little bit more socially acceptable for women to be in sports, you know, very male dominated field, uh, probably might, hurt a few people's not really hurt anybody's feelings, but might have some disagreements with this, but you know, not, I don't necessarily agree with women playing like in football, just for like a safety issue. I'm not that I disagree with it, go out there and do whatever you want. But for me, I wouldn't get out there with all those men playing football, <laughs> but when it comes to, you know, you know, do, do what you want, you know, it's your life. You, you know, live your life live your best life. But when it comes to being on the media side of it, I definitely think that I definitely am very happy that it's becoming more socially acceptable for women to be in sports because, you know, a lot of people like to say, if you didn't play it, you don't understand it. Well, that's very not true. And so uh, that's another thing that's been great about Texoma is this community has been so open to having a female sports director here. Um, And so it's just my station, my station's been great about it. There's never been one single coach or player that's treated me any differently. Uh, If anything, they've probably been nicer asking if I, they want, they want me to carry my bag or something for me. I know for a fact, they probably didn't ask Brian that because he's a man. So, uh, you know, it's nice and think it's nice in that type of aspect. Whenever people want to carry my stuff, I'm like, sure, go have at it. (laughs) But, uh, and I guess really one thing is there have been people uh, now and then that, uh, I'm not real sure if they're joking or not, but they'll say, you know, um, what's your, what's your real job or what do you really do? Or just, they want to make comments like that. And my, uh, my thing about that is I guess just, you know, trying to be not only a leader as a female, but also in the sports world as a female, uh, you really just got to tune a lot of that stuff out. And I've never had a problem doing that because, you know, a lion doesn't stress about the opinion of a sheep and not saying that I'm like this. <laughs> superior line or anything but it's just whatever you're (laughs) driven whatever you're driven towards you know if you're focused on that I've learned that once I start once I started focusing on myself and stopped worrying about what other people were doing um that's when I got successful and a lot of that has to do with your mindset you know your mind is a lot like your physical appearance the way you what you feed your body is going to you know your body is a reflection of your lifestyle how you feed your body is what it's going to look like and I believe that the mind is the same way. Whatever you feed your mind is whatever, um, you know, whatever's going to come in your day. If you wake up and start playing sad music or 
look at a sad picture, read a sad book, you're probably not going to have the best mindset the rest of the day. Um, but if you get up and, you know, you do something that is productive, you are thinking positive thoughts, you know, you're going to have a better mindset throughout the day. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, I could either lay down and say, you know, I'm a girl, feel bad for me because I'm the minority in this sport or in this uh, industry, or I could stand up and say, you know, I can tell, I can tell these highlights just as good as the next guy down the road. And yeah. so, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of it's that. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Passion, drive, confidence, you know, all of this is just spewing out and it's no surprise to me that you've already found, I think a lot of success and happiness, which is really important. And yeah, I'm really excited to see where your future goes. Cause I, I think you're onto some really great things. So it's been an honor having you on the show, Alyssa. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your crazy busy day. Uh, hopefully you don't have any travel today or anything like that, but uh, thank you so much for taking the time, sharing your story, sharing your expertise. I know you're going to help a lot of people and just really appreciate your time again. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.